Welcome back. Set the tone. Let's get it. Episode eight. Wow. We're doing it. We're really doing it. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me. Um, yeah, it's been an awesome experience so far. If you're enjoying it, if you are being encouraged, empowered by it, please rate and review, share it. Help, let's help get the word out there. Maybe hopefully help some more people set the tone. Ooh, see what I did there? That was good. That was great. So as many of you may know, I'm a worship leader. I do my best to lead people in the God's presence through the vehicle of music. There are many ways. I also, believe it or not, follow many worship leaders on Instagram, many of whom have much more followers than I, than I, than me, I don't, whatever that is, have written infinite times more songs than me, and without fail are much better at taking pictures and writing cool captions than me. My natural tendency is to compare myself to said worship leaders, which never ends well. Why? Because I become discouraged in my own situation, or I question what I'm doing wrong. Now, I'm 100% sure I'm not the only one who feels this way after scrolling through IG for a little. And how am I so sure? Because when we scroll through Instagram, we're looking at everyone's highlights, right? While what we remember about our own lives are the lowlights, for the most part, from the past few weeks, months, or years, etc. So when you're scrolling and you see that insanely fit person doing yoga on a beach somewhere, probably timestamped for like, you know, crazy early in the morning, <laughs> 6 a.m. or something, I don't know, 5 a.m. yoga on the beach, what I normally do, you are likely to feel bad about yourself, not inspired. When you see somebody else having a night out with their friends, I'm talking like pre-COVID, of course, you look at yourself and wonder what you're doing wrong to be on your couch and your sweats on a Friday night. So for me, just to be vulnerable, for me, it's comparing careers or the size of their team or the size of their church or the reach of their songs. But I want you to think of what it is for you. I'm sure you think you're thinking of something right now. Maybe that person's a better, uh, better influencer than you are. Maybe they, uh, I don't know, are, have more clients in their fitness program. And maybe they're a mom that looks like it always has it all together, right? Maybe it's a somebody who's farther along in their career, somewhere you'd want to be. So where do you tend to compare? And here's the thing. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Most of us know the comparison game is dangerous. And yet, I felt that I had to talk about it because we all still play it. I couldn't find many reliable stats for comparison culture, but I don't think I need stats because I think we all know it's a problem. And we see it all the time in others around us, and we see it in ourselves. So you may be thinking, uh, Ethan, this podcast is depressing so far. Um, what are we going to do about it? How do I get out of this? Um, my number one suggestion is not to delete Instagram. We already covered um, how to maybe mitigate Instagram's influence over you or the time you spent on Instagram in previous episodes. And I suggest you listen to those if you haven't already. Though... I'm not going to suggest it, but it may be the best route for you. Um, just a little testimonial about it. My wife, Sarah, uh, she's done it. She deleted Instagram, and she has zero inclination to go back. So that could be a route you, ex you explore. I have not deleted Instagram, and I want to present to you my solution, which would be to change our mindset, change the core, change where this comparison is coming from, change our heart posture, I think we need the, Holy, the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. So let's look at scripture. Let me take you back to the book of John, 
Let's go. If you haven't figured it out, yes, I am doing a study of this amazing book, which is my <laughs> Most of this is so far is from the book of John. Uh, this is chapter 3, the message version, uh, verse 25. John's disciples, and when it says John there, they're not referring to the author of the book. They're referring to John the Baptist. So John the Baptist's disciples got into an argument with the establishment Jews over the nature of baptism. They came to John and said, Rabbi, you know the one who is with you on the other side of the Jordan? That's Jesus. The one you authorized with your witness? Well, now he's competing with us. He's baptizing too, and everyone's going to him instead of us. John the Baptist answered, It's not possible for a person to succeed. I'm talking about eternal success without heaven's help. You yourselves were there when I made it public that I was not the Messiah, but simply the one sent ahead of him to get things ready. The one who gets the bride is, by definition, the bridegroom. And the bridegroom's friend, his best man, that's me, in place at his side where he can hear every word is genuinely happy. Genuinely happy. How could he be jealous when he knows that the wedding is finished and the marriage is off to a good start? This is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. Oh, this is so good if we, if we realize what John is saying. Let me break it down for you. John thought of himself as a best man. He realized that Jesus was the bridegroom, the church was the bride. He's just the best man. He recognized, and this is big for us, he recognized that his God-given assignment to be the best man, as he called it, was different than that of Jesus. Let me just tell you right now, your God-given assignment is different than that of whoever you're, you compare yourself to. John knew that in regards to his role, this is the... Uh, you probably have heard this translation of that last verse I read. He must increase, but I must decrease. That's John the Baptist saying, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. Oh, so powerful. His joy was complete, knowing that he had fulfilled his role faithfully. And that's all that God asks of you. Fulfill your role, whatever that is. Your God-given assignment, fulfill that. That's what God asks of you. And all of this, remember, is not for your glory, not for your kingdom. It's for God's right, is to expand God's kingdom, and we need to play our role. So you may be asking, what is your role? If you don't know, my encouragement to you is to desperately seek God's answer on this. Fast, pray, live a life that reflects, you know, you're, you're, you're looking to God to find that role, not to your own success, not to your own hard work, not to your own um, merits, but to God. And then once you know your role, you can be happy, not jealous, when you watch others succeed in theirs. Why? Because it's not about whose influence is bigger, who has more clients, who has more wealth. It's about expanding the kingdom of God, and we all have a role to play in that. And if somebody, like in my case, if another worship leader is writing songs that help people experience God, that's expanding the kingdom of God, and I'm happy that's happening. I'm happy for them. I'm not saying, obviously, I don't struggle with these things. But I hope that can be the same in your circumstance. Can you be happy when people succeed and, ex and expand God's influence? That's my application for us. Ask God to clarify your role, if you don't already, in expanding his kingdom here on earth. And I'm, there's different facets to our roles we're learning all the time. So we should all be asking God that. And then remember, it's your will, God, not mine. I want to be, this is my prayer. I want to be your tool, your instrument, 
your hands, your feet. It's your will, God, not mine. Remember that you are who he says you are, not what you feel when you're scrolling Instagram. Your assignment is what he has given to you, not what he's given to somebody else. You are chosen, you are equipped for your role. Can we worship together and remember that you are who God says you are? For my and the highest king I was lost, but you still brought me for your love for me. It's your love for me. Who this time says free? Oh, it's free. on me his grace runs deep while I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me yes he did come on yes he died for me oh who this time sets free oh he's free Child 
Child, we're your children, Jesus. 